You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we are a little odd today. There is no podium. Um, John is on a trip. He's um, his, his motorcycle needed heart surgery. He got it up to his brother in Montana. It's in about 8 million pieces. Not anymore. It's good to go. The last picture I saw was like, just just leave it. It's <laughs> Luckily, it's in the hands of an expert. Um, he's on his way home. All right. Karen and Lucy are so excited. So we've got here, and I don't know, is he live now? Is Justin on with us? We've got Justin. Uh, he's, he's, I don't know how to say it in a nice way. He's stuck in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? Yeah. Um, they won't let him out. So he's going to, he, we were hoping he could be here in person. He's going to Zoom in. So he, we've got Justin on Zoom. So we're going to be able to watch him. He can see you. We've got this little camera. Please nod and smile and engage. He is the type of person that needs feedback. So please engage, appreciate. Don't get out the popcorn and zone out, okay? Just get your notebook out. Tune in. So we're going to get there in a second. Uh, Everybody wave. Woohoo! Oh, there he is. Hey. 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 There he is. Good morning. Morning. Just, just stay watching the live broadcast because it's like one showing like one time zone, one showing another. So too many time zones. Yeah. Hang tight. We're not done yet. You got to hold still for a sec. But welcome. <laughs> but welcome. <laughs> um, so we are also live streaming. So this, I don't know what we're live streaming. I don't know. Lucas has it all figured out. Quick announcement and then we'll move forward. Quick announcement. Uh, 25th anniversary is this August. We have, John and Karen planted this church 25 years ago. Is that um, pretty darn cool? So we are going to celebrate by eating. Right? Uh, um, That is, I just wrote down 25th anniversary. That is August 22nd. After church, we're going to have a potluck barbecue. Church provides meat, buns, drinks napkins, all this, you know, stuff to eat on and with, please bring a potluck side and or dessert to share, okay? Um, Invite friends. It'll be a great, great time after church, Sunday, August 22nd, okay? All right, let's stand up. We'll pray again. Justin, do you want to pray over the word or do you want me to? And then we'll release the kids. I'll let you. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Father God, we thank you for what you've already done in this place, for the way your presence has hit our souls and ah, just washed us, refreshed us, um, refilled us. God, just met us where we're at today. I pray that your word, as it goes forth today, in every part, in every classroom, and in every heart, from the youngest to the oldest, that God, it is powerful and it is effective and it will transform our hearts today. We open up our hearts to you. Say, yes, more revelation, more understanding, more wisdom, God, more transformation where we are off off base, where we are the trajectory is just a little bit degrees off. God, we just say, yes, God, let your word have entrance into our hearts and souls and minds and transform us. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kiddos, you can be released eighth grade and under. Yep. 
Don't Mind the Man Behind the Curtain. And we are, um, you guys, give Justin a big cheer, will you? All right. Wow. Kind of cool to be doing this. Lucas has been working on this all yesterday, too, by the way. So, yeah, if anybody, if there's any problems, we're blaming it on Lucas, um, even though he worked his butt off to get this done. So, uh, it's hard teaching via Zoom because it's always like delay and lots of um, sound problems always and things. So, I just wanted to say, yeah, uh, thanks to John for leaving when I said I was going to come down and teach. Um, it, I find it funny that he's like supposedly this great friend. And as soon as I say, hey, John, I'm going to come down and teach, he leaves the state every time. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to take that as, as a hint or something. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I, I, do, uh, I do wish I was there in person. Um, just... Some stuff came up with surgeries um, that I needed to deal with and felt like God opened up some doors to do that. So today I just wanted to, um, yeah, share something that's been on my heart that I wanted to share anyways, and just talk about a few things. Um, yeah, so for starters, uh, yeah, we had, we had a fun year of um, surgeries. I've been stuck in hospitals nonstop, it seems, and surgeries. Uh, Wednesday, I had uh, an ACL replacement on my right knee, which was an accident, climbing accident from over a year ago that got delayed in surgery because of other surgeries. Um, that surgery went really well, and I'm already just sitting here with my leg up trying to recuperate. Um, yeah, it feels great, and I can't wait to get up and walk again. Um, it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. And just so you like kind of understand where it's been this last year, I, uh, on Wednesday, my nurse told me that I, that was surgery number 10 for the year. And I kind of laughed because I was like, it's been that many already. I was like, do I get like a, do I get some sort of prize? Like, do you get like a set of steak knives or do you get like a free hip replacement or what do you get after 10 surgeries in a year? And um, unfortunately, they said I get another one. So I have to still have one more surgery this year. And it's been quite the process of trusting God and just listening to his voice. And um, yeah, just relaxing in that. And today I wanted to start off because John's text to me this morning was quite funny, actually. He said he was praying for today. Um, you know, he's on the road. He's going to be listening. But he also said this to me. He goes, I believe God has some good stuff, some spontaneous stuff today. Feel free to chase the rabbits. And uh, I, I kind of feel like I wasn't going to do that. But of course, it probably will end up being that way. Um, I have been really blessed this last year to be in a position where I can't do a lot. It's a, it's a weird place in my life where I've had to have a lot of surgical um, procedures done. All of them have been interesting and uh, I've had some great nurses and some great doctors and some other ones. And uh, we've had some fun though with it. And I, 
I can't tell you how many relationships that I have built out of that. And it's been just kind of awe-inspiring me uh, just to be around people that are serving um, and helping others and giving up their lives to um, help other people get healthy. And it's been a really interesting journey and relationships and, and you know, my occupational therapist that works on my hand every day is, is uh, becoming a very close friend. And it's been a real blessing, to be honest with you, to be able to spend time with them. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I was in a, um, a car accident last October um, that was sort of an interesting experience. I was coming back from, a, a, from Colorado, heading to Canada to see the kids again. And when I was in Montana after some meetings, um, I was heading home early in the morning and we were, uh, I was on a, a bridge, um, you know, it was, it was a good size. It was about a mile long and it was a beautiful morning, little snow here and there, but it was not nothing on the ground. It was just kind of like, you know, full flakes here and there. And when we're, the bridge is about a mile long or so, and it's downhill and on the bottom of the bridge, there's an expansion crack, of course. And apparently there was black ice there and unfortunately i met another vehicle at exactly the same time um on that and both of us ended up doing almost exactly the same thing a big pirouette on the middle of a bridge um and yeah just that's how it happened and um yeah changed things for a year and it is what it is but i had some uh, amazing conversations with everything from ambulance drivers to aeromedics to yeah it's been a wild ride but um it's also made me slow down it made me have to really take some time and deal with stuff in life and just pray through things and to reevaluate where I'm at in what I do in ministry and I tell you I am really thankful for that um yeah, I could do without all the recovery and surgeries, but I wonder what it would have taken for God to have slowed me down to get me back on point um, otherwise. And of course, I do not blame God whatsoever for the accident. It's an accident. It happens. Um, the amount of hours I spend traveling, uh, it's bound to happen. So I just want you to know that that's kind of where I'm at with the accident. I'm healing. Everything's going well. And uh, I just wanted to kind of chase this one little rabbit hole because I, I, I know that I had sent a message to John saying I was coming and of course he left the state right away, which thank you, John. Um, but he immediately like, I, when I booked the ticket, it was in a window of time where if I booked that week, I still could cancel the ticket anytime afterwards and get a full refund. And so I was praying about it and God said, hey, you know, I was like, God, I really need, want to go down. There's stuff I need to do down there. I'm going to book the ticket. God, if it's not of you, just shut the door. And um, that's kind of how I work with God. I, I usually pray about it. If I feel like it's what I'm supposed to do, I do it. But then I still let him have the full reins. And I don't get disappointed if something else happens. And within 48 hours of me booking that ticket, I, uh, I got a phone call from the surgeon saying, hey, we need to get your knee surgery done so you can go to Switzerland this year to teach in the school that you want to go to. And I was like, okay, God, I know what you want me to do. So hearing God's voice sometimes, like uh, I know John had said, hey, I, Justin was praying. He felt like he was supposed to come. 
and I did. I felt like that was, I, I felt like I wanted to be there. Um, and sometimes that's just my own heart's desire. And then God um, used that moment in prayer and time and just readjusted my course. Um, by the way, that is one of the greatest things in the Bible about um, hearing God's voice is that you cannot steer a ship that's not moving. Unless we're stepping out and hearing God and trusting, even if we uh, aren't fully understanding what it is he's saying and try, we will never fully be able to grasp what he's telling us and to, um, yeah, to risk, to learn, to grow deeper in a relationship with him. And so I just wanted to start off with that because I know some people are like, oh, if Justin was praying, why did he come if he felt like God was saying to come? Um, hey, I don't always get it right either. And I have to leave it open to God to be able to let him still guide and direct me, um, even if my heart isn't always in his place. So that out of the way, I have a few things that were kind of rattling around in my head, other than some loose screws this year, um, about what I wanted to talk to you guys about. And it's been a while. And I have like had so much time, and I'm so thankful for this, where I've had to spend a lot of time just reading. Um, the Bible this year, spending a lot of time in his word, praying about things. Man, there was stuff in there I just forgot about. You know, I went back through books of the Bible that we don't spend a lot of time in, Numbers, you know, uh, Exodus, places where we just tend to avoid certain thing, lamentations, you know. And I started reading and, and hearing these stories, and, and it really spurred me on with my relationship to go even deeper with God again. And I'm so, so thankful for that opportunity again. Um, but it also was super, super challenging because God really had to speak to me about where am I to go next? And I want to share this journey because I think it's something that we're all on in this time right now. I think all of us are, are in a place in a position in life where we're struggling with some of this stuff. And I would love to. Um, just kind of share a journey I've been on with this and know that we're not the first ones to do this journey either. So the world's been kind of chaos and a mess lately, if we can say the least. Um, and I've been finding that, that believers are not leading the way right now. I find that we're still catching up to what's happening and reacting and not leading. This is not what God's asked us to do. He's never been one that says the church should be behind the scenes doing nothing. We're supposed to be the ones out there leading, showing people God's ways. What happens when you have to react is usually it's a negative experience. Reacting to something usually is us getting defensive and having to respond to things that are happening around the world and in our own lives. And I've been finding that we're doing more and more of that instead of leading, instead of stepping up to the plate and saying, God, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you want um, from the body of Christ? What do you want in our community? We always seem to be looking for um, greener pastures. We're always looking for better ideas and ways out 
of our present situations instead of buckling down and dealing with what God has for us here and now. And I've unfortunately had to do a lot of just sitting there saying, okay, God, I'm in a place where I can't even walk most days for a while. What do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, and really searching out God's heart. And in that, I've realized that in my own life, it's easy to get off course. It's easy to get suckered into the comfort of life. It's easy to get into a place where we feel this is our comfort zone. This is where we want to be. And I did it. And I know a lot of people have done this in the last year. Um, probably the greatest case example of this has been as uh, soon as COVID started, we all couldn't meet for a while or we had restrictions on how many people could meet and where. And the first response was, we want to get back together as soon as possible. Now, that is a biblical command to meet together, to worship, to pray, to, you know, to break bread, to do all these things. And it's super important. Uh, fellowship is super important in the body of Christ. Um, but I think we missed out on a lot of opportunities because we were so focused to get back to what we wanted that we didn't necessarily look to see what God was wanting. We went right back to our old habits. As soon as all the restrictions opened up, we went right back to the same thing we were doing. Now, I'm not saying that that was a bad thing, that what we were doing before was wrong. But I also wonder, in times like this, I think God has opportunities of change in the world. This was a once in a century opportunity. It's been a long time since something like this has happened in the world that's affected the whole world. Um, and it should change how we as a body of believers um, react to the people around us and to um, God himself and how we respond. Sometimes we get comfortable where we were at, and I know I was. And I was reading through John, uh, and this is a book I don't spend a lot of time in, actually. Um, at the end of John, John chapter 21, um, when you read through this, it's where Jesus um, appeared to the disciples and they were by the sea fishing and um, of course they went out fishing and they didn't actually catch anything and Jesus is on the shore and he's telling them hey you know do this throw your net out over on this side and you'll catch some fish well they did and they still didn't recognize him. and then when Peter did recognize him in this story it's a very famous story of where Peter jumps into the water and kind of swims in to see Jesus. And we kind of get all like, this is so cool, you know, how this relationship is. And then it talks about how Jesus um, talks to Peter about three times. He talks about the denial and how he's going to be the rock where the church is built. Well, the one thing about this story that always gets to me is when times got really hard, disciples went back to doing the only thing they knew to do it's what god created them to do yes but it wasn't what they were called to do at the cross it was very clear that the world had just changed and that now that they were to go out and make disciples of all the world the holy spirit hadn't come yet at, at this point and and yes um there are some good reasons but at the same time i look at it and go it's kind of like us when things get bad 
assume that all we want is what's old. We want to go back to what was what we're comfortable with, what we know, what we feel safe in. And unfortunately, with the church, sometimes we we can justify that easily with our old patterns and just say, hey, this is how we should have been doing things. And, and it was good before. And we don't realize that that God sometimes wants us to branch out even further into different areas, in different places. Um, and I honestly have felt this last year that those areas that God's calling the church to branch out to is our own communities. I have felt more than ever that God has called us to be saints, to be witnesses, to be role models in the communities that he has placed us in. That times get hard. Yeah, you have to make sacrifices sometimes. Sometimes you have to give up good housing in order to stay in a place. You can whine about it all you want, and you can move. Those are your choices. But if you really want to plug into what God has for you, sometimes you have to just suck it up and look at the positive side. You know, sometimes when we're in Gunnison, and um, for me, this is actually a really difficult conversation because I would rather be in Gunnison right now probably than most places in, in North America anyways. And it's really difficult for me to say, hey, I, I, this is where I'm at right now, God, and I'm not supposed to leave here for whatever reason. And I'm going to stay. I have got to realize that, that there is greatness here. I can have joy. I can celebrate. I can build relationships. I can share my faith. I can bless other people. Yeah, I have to make sacrifices about it. Um, I don't, I'm not surrounded with, with really close friends that I, I absolutely love in Gunnison. I'm not in a beautiful mountain place where I, my heart just feels, you know, such a lightness. Um, I'm not in a place like that right now, but I'm still at a place where God has me and I can find joy in that. And I can find what it is that he's calling me to do in that. So a lot of times I find that we just skate over this stuff. We don't, we don't really um, press into what God has for us where we're at. And this is a difficult conversation because sometimes it means a lot of sacrifice. And this last year, I was uh, praying about things, about where my journey began with God and joining missions. And I had a laugh at myself at where I'm at. Um, and this whole thing came up two years ago. And I'm going to share a story because it was started today during worship with a song. And I had it on my heart already. And then this song came out. I always love how worship intertwines sometimes with what God's putting on our hearts. Um, there was a song today. It was, it's actually titled Step by Step. And it was written by uh, a guy, Rich Mullins. And most people, unless you've been in the church for quite a while, don't even know who Rich Mullins is anymore. He passed away quite a few years ago in a car accident. And I was speaking at a conference uh, about two years ago at a missions conference with a whole bunch of young people that were going out into the mission field. Um, and it was a you know, those conferences is pretty lighthearted, a lot of fun stories about crazy things that happen in the mission field and just kind of like what you can expect. And anyways, I, I was speaking at this conference and at the end, this young girl came up to me and said, hey, 
my name is so-and-so, and by the way, I'll never remember her name until I die, by the way, it's one of those things with me. Um, and she said to me, she goes, hey, have you ever heard of this guy, Rich Mullins? And I was like, yeah, of course I have. And this girl's under 20, so I was like, oh, there's no way she knows who this is. Um, but she goes to me, you know, he was one of my close family friends for my parents. Um, they were ragamuffins and part of his singing group. And the way that you talk and your spirit comes out is the way my parents described him to me as I was growing up. And I just want you to know that, that I'll never forget that about you and this walk. And I was so like enamored. I was like, I sat there and just like, no, no, no. I know we're even close to this guy's, um, yeah, ability to surrender, to step out, to sacrifice for the word of God. And, and I was really like humbled by this, but also sort of scared by it. Somebody would actually think that I um, represented somebody who actually really sacrificed a lot for God. And when that came up, I don't like comparing myself to people. I, I just don't. I actually like to compare myself to God. And I like to compare myself to Jesus, the one that we're supposed to be emulating, the one that we're supposed to be um, following after. And I realized in that conversation that I had lost a little bit of that, where I was no longer, if somebody looked at me, would they say, man, you remind me a lot of Jesus. Like, I wondered if people would do that. I wondered if people would look at my life and say, oh man, you, you know, I look at you and I, I see the words in the Bible. And I was really taken back by, am I in that position now? Am I in a place where people look at my life and say, you are like Jesus? And I know I wasn't. I know that I, people would look at me and point out all the faults. And um, that's just being human too, by the way. But after that, I really sat down and had been praying. Uh, I kind of let it go for a while. And then this year, uh, that came back to my mind about what it was like when I first joined uh, into missions and why I did what I did and how the journey that God had me on in it. And one of the things that I learned early on was surrendering all, giving up all things, a sacrifice for what God had called me to. And in those days, I remember... Uh, only having what I could carry on my back. And my friends used to laugh because it was like, if you couldn't pack up all your worldly belongings in less than 30 seconds and put them on your back to go to where God called you next, I was doing something wrong. And I honestly miss those days a lot. Um, somehow comfort has eased into my life. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying that owning things are wrong. I'm not saying that um, being in God's blessings is wrong. I, I just think that sometimes we uh, we forget um, what it means to give to others, to sacrifice, to sacrifice for God, um, and just think of how much he sacrificed for us. So I, I was struggling with that, and uh, this year it was kind of fun because I get to deal with insurance companies, lawyers, and oh, God bless all of them. They're amazing. Um and actually, I get to say that I had to deal with some attitude problems. Um, I'm going to share a story. And it's, by the way, take this very, um, yeah, understand my heart here. I'm not trying to point out a fault in somebody. I just want to point out a fault in myself. So 
the one person involved in the accident, by the way, there was three vehicles involved in this accident. The one person involved in the accident didn't have insurance, um, didn't have a registered vehicle and had a suspended driver's license. And, and, and to me, I'm like, why are you even on the road? Okay, that's, that's the first response I had. And the next response was, of course, was he had to get a lawyer to deal with the insurance company because he had to. Like, honestly, you're in a position where you have no options. And I had a lot of like conflicting, <laughs> definitely had some conflicting uh, attitude problems with that one where I was like, seriously, dude, seriously? Um, but then one day I was sitting there and God's like, how dare you? Do you even know what this person is going through? Do you even know why he was in that position at the time? And I was really saddened by my own heart. And I had to spend time praying for him. And then, then of course, I ended up having to pray for the lawyer and praying not about anything that was happening as far as insurance goes, because that, that God has really been working miracles. In. And, but I had to really pray about my heart about blessing somebody, about even though I'm not super happy with the person, really looking at him and saying, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. I, I want the best for you. I want to pray for you. I'm sorry this happened. And, I'm, and I, I, I really want to help you through this. And that took a lot out of me, to be honest. It was a, it was a journey um, to go to that point and to realize that I need, there was something wrong inside of me that I needed to deal with. And God brought that out during that accident. And so honestly, I am very thankful for the accident because I had to deal with something I didn't even know that was in there, that I would actually get angry or bitterness towards people when something would happen towards me. And I needed to deal with that. I needed to let God work through that. And he used that opportunity um, to really force it in my own heart. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. It sucked to go through that journey, both the uh, accident and that um, spiritual fun of prayer and just tearing myself apart through that, but it was worth it every second. And so I don't ever want to go back to what I was. I never want to go back to the boat to go fishing and leave the normal life that I started. I don't want to go back to a place where God is just comfortable for me, that I, it's predictable, that he doesn't deal with these little imperfections in me that actually I think are huge imperfections. I don't want to go back to that comfort zone. And that is something this year I've had to really force the issue. So one thing was as, as a working as a missionary, it's, it's always kind of fun is I, um, uh, financially you're never you're always at god's will or you're always at god's mercy i guess of provision and i actually love it i actually honestly it's it's nerve-wracking but you know i remember times you never know where your next meal is coming from but that's good it, it, it actually is a freeing experience to be able to pray through that um you know sometimes it means you got to do a paper route in the morning to be able to provide food for your kids other times it just means you got to pray and somehow food shows up on the table um, it's been a great journey with that. And I really love that aspect of my journey. But even in this time, I remember sitting with God saying, God, I don't know where the money's going to come for, for this medical expenses. I know that you told me to go. I was doing what you were asking me to do. 
This accident happened. I trust you to take care of it. Okay, so I could sell everything I own. Well, you know, as as a as well, what's to say I don't own enough that would make that big of a difference. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. I I will do what I have to do. But then I started thinking about the kids. And my kids are getting older, but they're still my kids. And I think about it. God, how am I supposed to take care of them in this situation? You know, I did what you told me to do. I, for Pete's sake, I even own travel insurance. that should have covered more of this, but yeah, another one of those things I had to come to deal with insurance companies. Uh, but anyways, I'm praying through that in my hard attitude towards them. We need to be at a point where I was able to surrender my kids back to God. I remember dedicating both my children at this church many years ago, 18 for Bree, and, and I remember it was 15 years ago with Herman that we dedicated him at this, and wasn't in this building, but it was at this church. I remember this talking um, and praying that through with John, talking about how it's God that's in control, and we're here to be there as loving parents to guide them, to take good stewardship, but it's really God's responsibility. And having to go back to that point and saying, you know what, God, you've got these kids. I don't have to worry about it. You do what you want to do, what you need to do in order to make your glory known throughout the nations. And if it means that I have to sell whatever we have, I don't care. You're going to take care of the kids. And it kind of got me thinking that I probably own too much anyways. And uh, it's time to get back down to the basics. So that has been a very big struggle for me. Just having to think about responsibility as a children, responsibility um, financially as a, as a worker, what am I supposed to be doing? How to trust God? Am I in the right place? Man, we ask all these questions of ourselves every day, every one of us. We always are thinking about, you know, oh man, am I in the right spot? Should I be doing this? Uh, I need finances to cover this. What's going to happen next? And I think so many times we just want to be in that comfortable place where we were before. We all have that moment in time in our minds where we're comfortable, where we're like, I remember back then it was actually easier. Or, you know, can you remember the good old days? We always go back to those comfort moments in our lives. And we think this is where we should be. I've actually started praying against those comfort moments in my life. I kind of want to be stretched. I want to be at the point where I don't know where food's coming for me next. I want to be at that point where I have to say, hey, God, I know you want me to go there. I'm going to do it. Guide my steps no matter what it takes. I'm kind of tired of the same old, same old. And to be honest, I think God is. I think God wants to shake up the church. I think God wants us to step out in our communities. I think God wants us to go to our next door neighbors and offer help to work with our hands, to actually be generous, to pray over people. And I know that in this church in particular, you guys do that. I, I've been a part of that. I've been blessed to see that. Um, I honestly I miss it. And that's, that's part of the struggle for me sometimes not being around. Um, but I also know where God's calling me um, in a grander picture. So I really feel like God's been really putting on my heart to stretch out, 
to go deeper, to not go back to those comfort places, but to seek out the places that are uncomfortable, to look for things that challenge me, even if it hurts, even if I don't like it, um, even if it's scary to look for those places. Um, you know, right now it's the world's been in a very unusual spot and uh, it's been it's been hard. I get a lot of prayer requests. The amount of times I'm praying for people with COVID right now, it's just insane. It's just, it is a daily occurrence. I have friends and family who are sick all the time, um, it seems, and watching God heal some and others, you know, they haven't. And it's been a hard journey with that. Um, I have a young couple who are serving in North Africa and she's pregnant right now. Um, with their second child and they have a two-year-old and they got COVID for meeting um, just some neighbors down the street from them. And uh, right now the government's charged them, I think a $5,000 fine for uh, gathering together and, and spreading COVID. And even though they just met with their next door neighbor and there was no restriction against that, but they took it very seriously. And so I got a message this morning about praying for that and praying about having the right police officer to deal with and all this kind of stuff. And at first I was like, oh, this is a really horrible situation. And then I laughed because I was like, I told him, I said, I pray that that police officer will become one of your closest friends in this country. I pray that you'll get to know his family, that you'll get to know um, his children, that you'll, you'll go deep into a relationship with this individual and that this will be an opportunity, a door opening experience for you, that you won't look at this as like, oh, another trial or tribulation when you're working, but you'll look at it as a blessing. And I honestly believe um, that the, that's what's gonna happen in my own heart. And I think that we as a church need to start looking at things like that, looking at opportunities, looking at maybe shedding the comfort of hanging out with all of our Christian believers throughout the week and maybe spending some time with some non-believers and really showing them what it means to be a Jesus follower. Um, pray for them, you know, ask them about life and how hard it is and what's going on. Um, spend time with them, hearing about their needs and what we can do for them. And sharing with them about the hope that you have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's been something that's been really on my heart. Is that we have opportunities and we're just not taking them. We look for the greener grass and we try to get there. And I'll, because we think it's comfort. And I always use this quote from a 1970s book. It was, the grass is always greener over the septic tank. And I actually love that quote because I think it's so true. We're always looking for greener pastures, but we just don't know what's under it. We have to be careful where we're going and what we're doing. As a church right now, I think we need to pray more. We need to sacrifice some things. We need to give up. Get out of our comfort zones. Do things that, you know, we're not absolutely comfortable about. And sometimes, by the way, it might go against what your own personal um, desires are. And uh, I wouldn't say beliefs. 
there are there are times right now where I've dealt with a lot of we all have by the way um we talk about people right now and there's a lot of hate oh my goodness there's so much hatred um people want to fight right now you talk about masks people fight you talk about vaccine people fight either side it doesn't matter and, and I'm just sitting there going why are we having these conversations in the first place? What's the root of all this hate? Why aren't we getting down to the point of what God wants us to deal with? We're letting hate come into our lives. We've given the enemy a foothold in our nation. There is no doubt about it. We as believers have done this too, because we have picked sides instead of picking the side of Jesus Christ. We've given the enemy a foothold in our lives. And we need to repent of that and walk back into a situation where we can go out with people, regardless of what is happening, and say, how are you doing? What is it I can do for you? How can I pray for you? When people can start seeing the church is not threatening them, but loving them, I think we're going to be in a good place. And I actually believe, honestly, that this is the season where God has called us to do that, where he has churned up so much inside the world, and as the enemy is trying to destroy and kill, that the Lord has prepared the church to do the opposite, to love, to reunite, to build, to bless. But in order to do that, we must make sacrifices of our own. And I always wonder about, Peter, as he went back to that comfort place after he had denied Christ, having to go back and humble himself in front of the one he loved and say, I'm sorry, I love you, and then get asked again and again. And it was painful and hard for him to realize that he had made a mistake and that he had he was literally at that point repenting and saying, I love you. And you look at Peter's life from that point on, he walked it out. He made a huge sacrifice. Um, he never went back to the comforts of what his family was. Um, he was martyred eventually. And we still speak of him to this day and talk about him and how, yeah, just that whole story of repentance at the cross. And um, I really am at a point with this where I think, God, what is it you want from us? What do we need to repent of and walk away from as a body of believers? What is it that we need to get out of our comfort zone and say, this is holding me back from reaching and impacting the community? And can you imagine right now what it would be like in America without hate? Can you just think about that for a minute? What if? The power of the Holy Spirit was flooding over top of Gunnison. And the power of that spirit was an outpouring of fruit of love, kindness, and grace, mercy. Can you imagine what the community would be like? It's kind of sends, literally sends tingles up my spine thinking about that. And uh, I wonder what God would, would say. I just think we think so little of ourselves and so little of what's happening around us. 
and we get in our comfort zones and we won't break out of them. Um, and I am bad for that just as well as everybody else. And I am really trying to figure out how to do that myself and praying that through. I still think God wants to bless us, um, to keep us in a, in a place where we're healthy and, and doing well, that he doesn't want sickness for us. He wants health and he wants to bless us both financially, spiritually. But I also think sometimes that he also wants us to make some sacrifices and to actually go out there and do things that are uncomfortable for us because in those uncomfortable places we grow. So I've been really thinking about Gunnison the last few months because it's where my heart has been a lot and I've really wanted to come back and spend time there. The problem has been that it's my heart, it's where I wanna be. But I also know that there are literally millions of people around the world that have never heard about Jesus Christ, that have never had the opportunity to, that there are places on earth that they don't even know the name of Jesus Christ. Not in a curse, not in a movie, nothing. They've never heard that name. I'm just stunned that we're at this position at this point in time, over 2,000 years after Christ walked this earth, that we're still at a position where people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And I personally am convicted by that because I don't think I've sacrificed enough to be willing to go to my neighbors, to love them, to show them, to walk out that. And I don't mean this as to be a conviction for you, uh, something to be guilt on you or anything. I just know what the Bible says. Jesus, when he left, left us one commandment, to go into all the nations and make disciples. I can tell you we failed, and we are not doing that. Because um, it's pretty simple. If we were, there wouldn't be hate. There wouldn't be all this upheaval and problems. Now, of course, this is just part of the whole sin in the world, and we cannot... Um, stop this from happening. It, it's, it is what it is. Um, sin entered the world and we're on a downward spiral of that. But that doesn't mean that we need to lose souls. It doesn't mean that people should never hear about Jesus Christ in our own communities. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't be loved and taken care of. It doesn't mean that we should be in a comfort place where we're thinking, oh, I'm good with God. And yet our neighbor is hurting and suffering. To me, that is a really unhealthy place for us to be. And so in my own life, I have really pushed to say, you know, God, I really want to be in this place um, in Gunnison. And I would love to be there and work and minister and continue to travel out of there. But I also know it's a comfort place for me. That I could easily just get really comfortable. And uh, it's not a bad thing. But, and I think in my own self, it would be. I don't think I would be pressing in as deep as I could to God. So for some of you that are there, you guys have made a lot of sacrifices sometimes to be there. You guys have housing problems. It's expensive to find food and gas and even um, just transportation. 
But I look at that and say, okay, God, that's where you have them. It's a minor sacrifice to be able to do what God has called you to do in an amazing place. And we should take joy in that and celebrate. So this year has been a challenge for me to find joy in a place of celebration. And I'm still doing that that journey, but I really feel like God has called all of us as a church to do this, to continue to press in and to continue to look for places to serve the community. Yeah, I'm just tired of the hate. I'm tired of the fighting with people. I'm tired of it with the church even, of hearing other Christians bashing other Christians. I think, would Jesus be happy with us for doing that? I'm at this position now in life where I think we need to take a step back to look at those around us and start to love more, to do more for those around us and to sacrifice more, to show the true love of Jesus Christ to everyone. And yeah, I just have really been felt convicted by that. I know I've had a last couple of years of God really pressing in on me about sacrificing more and pressing into more and to loving people more. Um, and it's not easy, trust me. I was never called to go work with hospital workers. And yet every single day, that's the people who are in front of me. It's the people who I have to contact and deal with and talk to. And honestly, I really like them. I, I've really appreciated them through all this time. I've had to listen to their anxieties and their fears of having to work through COVID. I've, I've listened to them you know, heartaches about family and not being able to see each other. I have one friend who's a nurse who hasn't seen her husband in 607 days. He uh, lives in Morocco and he hasn't become a citizen yet. And they were just in the whole immigration process when COVID started. They had been only married for about six months. And um, yeah, so I look at that and go, wow, man, how can I help you too? What can I do for you? How do I pray for you? And I am so blessed to have those opportunities right now. So no matter where you are, we can be at a place with God that we can sacrifice and that we can share the joy of Jesus Christ. And I think that's just an important message I have um, this year is joy. Is just find some joy in this whole mess. And that comes from serving the one we know. I can't think of anything more that gives me joy than serving Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's all I have. I'm going to wrap it up there. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you. I'm sorry I couldn't be there live. And, by the way, I'm doing this really for Karen because I did bail on coming. And Karen was going to get left on the spot. So I thought, you know what? I like Karen enough that I'm going to at least try to do this on Zoom. So, Thank you guys so much for this. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pray quick, and then I'll turn it back over to Annie. So, Father, I just want to thank you so much for the church in Gunnison. I just want to thank you for the community. I want to thank you for everybody there and everything that has been going on. I pray now for a blessing over all of them. But right now, Lord, I pray that you'll just open up their hearts to the community around them and just to see the people in a different light this year to pour out love in places they didn't even know they had love for, to bless those who sometimes are a pain and that they don't necessarily even agree with. Father, I pray now that they will step out of their comfort zones and that they'll reach out in the places where there is a lot of darkness and that you've called them to be a light. 
And so, Father, I want to thank you for the church. I thank you so much for your body of believers. I thank you that we are able to gather again and to worship um, together. And I just want to, yeah, praise you for all you're doing in that community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. All right. You going away? You don't have to. Yeah, I just have a question you. for you. Um, sorry, guys. So first of all, thank you. Let's thank Justin again for making this work. And let's thank this team back here, uh, Lucas and Zach. Thank you so much for making this work. They, they do a great job every week, and this is just above and beyond. So thank you guys so much. All right. I, I, will, I was on Facebook while you were uh, teaching, just checking out. Um, yeah, just checking out your GoFundMe page. Is that still a thing? It looks like it is. Okay, yeah. so if you go to the Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries GoFundMe page, it's a few posts old, but if you just scroll down until you see that beard, um, that is Justin's GoFundMe page to help with the medical bills and all of the things that he uh, he still is needing help with. So um, go find that on our Facebook page or, or come talk to me and I'll help you find it. Um, and that's all I've got. Oh, I did forget during the earlier, um, if you're visiting for the first time, we've got a connection card that you can fill out if you want um, just to connect via email, get Get, our, get updated on what's going on around here. We can get you on that. Um, and then we also have a welcome card. It's purple back there, and they're all on the shelf right here. That'll just give you, you know, our email address, uh, fa- uh, website, Facebook, things like that, so you can connect with us however you like. So awesome. Let's stand up, and we will be dismissed. On the count of three, Justin already prayed. So let's say um, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world, and you guys can be dismissed and go eat some snacks. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.